This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join is their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work or not. Each episode will not only offer you a new perspective on dating, but will also change the way you date. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear commentary from my producer, Julie Krafchick, and other surprise co-hosts. SF listeners, come hang and mingle with the Dateable crew and your favorite past guests, from 6 to 8 p.m. on Thursday, May 23rd. We're teaming up with 941 Social Club, where you can join the rest of the party afterwards if you like and get up to 10 free drinks at 10 bars. Come join us for happy hour at one bar or go to the whole crawl. The choice is yours. Use the code DATABLE for $15 tickets and so we can tell you where we'll be meeting. Visit our Facebook page for the event or go to datablepodcast.com forward slash Polk Street Pub Crawl and use the code DATABLE. That's spelled D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E. Now back to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. Our topic today is about race, but also about this term that I've never really heard of before, sexual racism. 
in season seven, we did an episode called Dating as a Black Woman, where we had two guests talk about the struggles of dating as a black woman in modern times. And we discussed the extremes of racial discrimination and fetishism. And after this episode aired, Chris, our guest, wrote in and said the following. First, I just want everyone to hear our studio guest. His voice, his name's Chris. Hi, Hi. Chris. <laughs> as a black gay man who's dated in both the Bay Area and the East Coast, Philadelphia and Florida mostly, I found that my race has greatly complicated my romantic life. One of my first Tinder matches ever said, I'm sorry, but I don't find African Americans attractive. So Damn. with that <laughs> intro, his name is Chris. He's 26 years old, hails from Berkeley, California. He's been there for three years, originally from Florida. He's currently single and actively going on dates and definitely not dating that guy. No. Definitely not. <laughs> so you introduce us to this term called sexual racism. Can you expand more on that? On yes. This? Yeah. Sexual racism is, is just a term sort of to define the phenomenon where people know that racism is wrong, right? They, mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. you know, they're all, all about that. But um, when it comes to uh, sort of dating and sex, they say they have certain preferences on mm -hmm. certain like races. So you're cute, but... Uh, I'm not really into black guys or like, yeah. I don't, I don't think Asian guys are that attractive. And they think that's not racist because, oh, it's just a preference. Like I it's, can't change yeah, it. Yeah. It's like saying like, oh, I like brunettes versus blondes. Yeah, exactly. And except brunettes aren't a, you know, uh, historically <laughs> like marginalized group. Right, right, group. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So applying sort of that logic to, to, to race, um, I think that's what sort of the term sexual racism. Now I've only is. been on Grindr maybe like a handful of times. Okay. It's not really. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I got no action. Did you have a fake profile? <laughs> but what I did find it to be very different from like a Tinder or a Bumble is that people are very um, blunt about certain things. For example, if they're HIV positive or which position, are mm. they a top or a bottom? Mm -hmm. So I've seen a lot of people say, I prefer this race, but I haven't seen what you've described in your email to us, mm -hmm. a list of ethnicities that they would not consider. Can you talk about that? Uh, yeah, so I feel like it's been um, less prevalent uh, like uh, in the past couple of years just because it's been publicized a lot. There are actually mm -hmm. like websites like Douchebags of Grinder who have <laughs> just a bunch of screenshots <laughs> of, of douchebags on Grindr. Like, and all their, their, yeah. Um, but yeah, there used to be stuff like, and I, I've seen this, with Asian men, there was a squinty eye, no reply. That's, that's, that was, oh, uh, yeah, it rhymes. What? Um, and then no blacks, no femmes, no Asian. Is a very common. What's a oh, fem? A, fem a feminine, um, like a feminine guy. Guys. Yeah. So, like the, so yeah, that's a lot. That's a whole other thing. But like, it's like mask for mask, like no fems, that that sort of thing. Um, that is but, yeah. so blunt. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's not the it's not the majority of profiles, but right. it's enough that you know, as a person of color, you you scroll through and you start seeing them. And it's like, okay, so I will. Have you ever seen anything no, like that? No, I was going to ask you. I've never I've, seen that on I've Tinder. Never, like... I've only seen the preference part. Mm. Yeah, I've never read the opposite of that. Right, like none of that. No. What are yeah. we like in the nineteen thirties? Like what yeah. are we? No, it's a little regressive. But again, people think it's okay because it's a sexual preference, and that you know, preferences in that arena are completely siloed away. Well, I remember like back 
back in the day, I don't think Match actually does this anymore, but they used to. They used mm. to ask like which races you preferred. Yeah. So it kind of like <laughs> set you up yeah, for yeah. that. But actually, I've noticed now that they don't have that anymore, which is mm. probably good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think they they've had you know people like me like yelling about it for a few years. So like it has it has gotten better. It's not completely eliminated though. Like some of the things you've said, I'm just in shock here. You had, you started developing feelings for a friend of yours. And he said when he was drunk, (laughs) there was a racial totem pole and blacks in the second lowest position, only above Asians. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and you've had other people tell you, sorry, it's just a preference. Mm-hmm. But then you've also experienced the opposite side of this, where you become like someone's first black guy, or yeah, yeah. they fetishize you. Yeah, yeah. What is that like? Yeah, so it's really this weird sort of dichotomy. So I'm like, that one end, you know, don't talk to me. You know, there's there's no chance here, not into black guys. But then on the other end, uh, there's this, you know, weird fetishization, like a lot of stereotypes about black guys. BBC, big black cock is a, is a normal uh-huh. thing for people to uh-huh. say. Um, and so that's the number one thing I get. So yeah. like a lot of grinder sort of messages will be like, oh, how big are you? Let me see that BBC, like that that sort of thing. Um, and then- but Is that just grinder messages in general? Like- <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of, yeah, there are a lot of grinder messages. a lot like, of words and- <laughs> less emojis than exactly. I thought there would be. It's, um, yeah. it's obviously taken to a different level, but yeah, I assume yeah. probably people are as blunt all the time. Yeah, yeah, no, they're definitely blunt. But then yeah, they're blunt about like how right. much they're into sort of black guys. Like one one guy, um, I actually called him out on it. Like I said, mm. I don't like to be fetishized, but like, you know, I was still going to talk to him. He was like hot or whatever. And then he says... He was like, hot or whatever. I'm going to call you out. <laughs> um, but uh, then he said... Uh, it's not a fetish. Like, I can't even come without a black guy in the room. And I said, like, you don't know what the word fetish means then. Because, like, that's... <laughs> You've also gotten comments like you look like a Greek god made of chocolate. That I one was kind of nice compared to <laughs> that. Yeah. And you're Greek, a Greek god. Yeah. <laughs> I love how full your lips are. Show me that BBC. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Great. All openers you've gotten yeah. on dating apps. Yeah. Oh, this, gosh, Grinder is just a lot more fascinating. <laughs> well, I mean, it's interesting because we had um um, Yalitza and Sophia, who is the two guests we had that you wrote in about, and they basically said that they got a lot of these comments too on online dating from a straight female's perspective. Yeah. And they also kind of felt that like extreme of mm-hmm. either not into it at all or like fetishizing Super it. into it, yeah. Do you get comments <laughs> similar to other black men? I'll say you know something that I've, let me show that BBC or some message, and no other black person is like surprised by that. Right. So like yeah, this seems to be sort of of a, a general phenomenon. I haven't talked to another gay black person or another black person, period, who hasn't felt like either they were discounted or fetishized. But straight black there. men, too, you yeah, talk yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. So how do you date then? Um, You find the minority sort of, of people that A, you're attracted to and B, don't say stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, so it narrows the pool a lot. It's it's a lot harder. I think I've had fewer, you know, relationships than someone my age who's on the active on the apps. Do you but. feel like there is a lot of, because you mentioned the two polar opposites like mm-hmm. do you feel like there's people that are in that middle ground yeah so there is uh, there are people in that middle ground and i i have met them and, and i've dated some of them i find often people even in that middle ground um they'll have more su- sort of subtle things going on a lot of guys i've dated you know i look through their facebook and all their exes and they happen to be black guys i was like hmm, that's 
That's interesting. <laughs> or they'll be like weirdly into black culture. Like this one yeah. guy I used to date, like anytime I went over to his place, he'd be watching Kevin Hart. And I was like, Kevin Hart's like funny, but like not <laughs> that funny <laughs> that you need to be watching him all the time. Got so it. yeah. So I feel like some some of those people in the middle maybe aren't, you know, as explicit about it and don't, you know, say offensive things, but they might, you know, harbor some sort of fetish or Jason or... Or they might not even acknowledge it or, exactly. or be aware even of know, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's what I find with Yellow Fever. I mm-hmm. mean, like, you can't be watching Ali Wong all the time, exactly. right? <laughs> She's not that funny. Yeah. But have you, you encountered anyone that, like, wasn't like that? That just, like, was, a, like, dated all types of races and you were just one of many? One or two. On yes, your hands, you yes, count. Yes, I can have them on my hands. <laughs> Got it. So you also have a preference for who you date. Yeah. And, and uh, what is that? That's one of those things that, you know, uh, I was disparaging people for have racial preferences. But then one time I was like texting one of my friends about this new guy I was dating. She's like, wait, let me guess. He's 5'8", he's white, <laughs> and he works in tech. And I was like, that's... That's right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I feel like um, I tend to gravitate towards white guys uh, more. Mm. I am genuinely attracted to all sort of types of people, and I have dated all types of people. But if you want to count the frequency, <laughs> um, I date white guys a lot. So what are your opening lines like? I uh, love marshmallow. Yeah, I love some white chocolate. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like read some code to me. No, <laughs> yeah. <Read> some code. <laughs> um, no, my opening line usually has something to do with their profile because you. Because you're a normal human being. Yeah. 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 So then I would say, hey, isn't that a preference or is that a fetish? It is a preference and it's just as wrong as, you know, the people who say they don't want to date black guys. Yeah, I think it's one of those things like, because I mean, uh, black people, we uh, like uh, have all the same media growing up. Mm -hmm. And I think whatever sort of forces that made white guys think like that are also operating on me. Yeah. Mm, Got it. Do you think though Mm. it's just because of the people you encounter or do you think it's like you're actually actively seeking out white men. I think it, it can be uh, who I encounter just because, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a scientist. I'm in grad school. I traverse in a lot of spaces that, you know, there aren't that many people of color. But then also, like, when I'm on the apps, I look through my Tinder matches and 90% of them are white. I, there has to be some mm. selection there. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. what's available. Yeah. You do say in your message to us that you've internalized some of this sexual racism as well, and you're finding it difficult to reprogram your sexual desires. Have you dated other black men? I have uh, slept with other black men. I don't, I haven't dated. And what stopped you from dating black men? I think it's a prevalence thing. So um, again, in the spaces that I traverse around, especially in the LGBT community, I find relatively there aren't that many gay black men, even gay Latino men. Yeah, as far as, yeah, people that I've been interested in, most people I want to date don't want to date me. So I think just as a rule of sort of probability, I think it's like as far as people I, you know, actually date it just ends up not being a black man no black man has asked to date me and i said no i'm not into black guys mm. <laughs> but like it's just the opportunity has so, really presented yeah. i know you've lived on the east coast mm. and the west coast have you seen any differences between the t- two areas or three because i guess you lived in two places on yeah, the east coast. yeah 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 so i lived in florida and then philadelphia during college all of the same issues sort of apply i feel like in the east coast cities uh there does 
seem to be a bit more mixing going on. Mm. So I would like, I, it would be more likely for me to find those people who would never say something like that. Um, whereas on the West Coast, it's like everyone is very, you know, socially conscious and liberal and everything. Mm. But there's actually, I feel like there's less sort of mixing of, of, of different races in certain Interesting. Um, yeah. You know, SF is a pretty diverse city, but like if I go walk down Powell Street, the people, you know, working in those buildings will be a certain type of pe- person. You know what's interesting? Because I feel differently because I'm from the East Coast originally, okay. and I feel like I very rarely see interracial couples as much mm. as here. However, I don't think there's nearly as many African American black people here. So yeah. maybe it's like yeah. because of from that point of view, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of Asian, Indian, like other races yeah. and ethnicities. Yeah, definitely. This is so crazy because I'm still I'm still hung up on this rinder <laughs> aspect <laughs> of the messages. I feel like we live in San Francisco, okay, a large gay community, right, and a very politically driven, right. always protesting, mm-hmm. fighting for certain rights. This is the last thing I would expect from a, a already marginalized groups that's been fighting for their rights for so many years. Mm-hmm. It just really surprises that's me true. that people do not see this as the same as the other sort of discrimination. It's right, a really like, good point. Because it's not like just like the standard heter a sexual white guy right yeah. that's like been entitled his whole life it's a very different group that has fought for things exactly they've been marginalized and they've been fighting for their rights and and why are straight men more woke about this subject <laughs> <laughs> yeah I knew that word do I get millennial cred now? Why is that? Because you would never find this on like a straight Mm. dating app or website. Even if people are thinking it, they would never write it on there. So like, I think about that a lot actually because I I actually don't think that straight people are well woke. That's like probably not a thing. I think think, uh, straight people um, don't find the need to vocalize those preferences just because they have more choices and Mm. like so many different ways of meeting people and dating. I also think in the gay community, there's a certain sort of frankness that comes with, especially yeah. with like a grinder. So like you want to say how many inches you want your dude to be, you might as well throw in that like what race. I could see that because yeah. like I um, feel like on Tinder, for example, men will say like sexual comments to women mm-hmm. and then it won't be responded. So I'm yeah. just thinking of two men <laughs> just like, yeah, exactly. you know, yeah. where Twice it's like socially <laughs> yeah. acceptable to just say this stuff. And yeah. like, like you said, yeah, like if you're already throwing out all this, mm-hmm. why not add one more? And then like a lot of the points, like I know like the BBC is specific to black men, mm-hmm. yeah. but like everything else up until then, like mm-hmm. how many inches exactly. are you, et cetera, yeah, is like probably they're sending that anyone. to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. But why isn't Grindr making this, you know, not okay? I feel like comments like this would be taken down on other sites. Yeah, so Grindr ask. actually is, they have a couple of initiatives where they're trying to actually sort of fix this. So they're okay. like, I don't remember the names of the exact campaigns but I know they started a magazine called Into that has a bunch of articles about this but yeah as far as uh, policing content Grindr doesn't like really do that that much they, they look for people <laughs> it would take yeah, forever. Yeah. they would have right. to look through a lot of a lot of red yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, mostly they they, they want to weed out like advertising and like people trying to scam people but like yeah also like wanna... <laughs> what would be offensive yeah. does this penis offend yeah, exactly. you right <laughs> oh, what yeah. about this one yeah. Yeah. if Grindr took out down everything offensive there wouldn't be great just not that but anymore it's interesting because like i would love to hear your opinion of just like media portrayal of the black male because we talked mm-hmm. about this quite a yeah. bit on our last episode about the black female yeah 
And there were a lot of stereotypes that they brought up. Mm-hmm. Um, Yalitza and Sophia, our guests, like talking about like this angry black woman. Yeah. Hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. Like if black men wouldn't date them, who else yeah. would? Yeah. And, and like the trophy of the white woman they mm-hmm. talked about. And the skin color too. Wait, yeah. It's, yeah. it's the... There's colorism. There's well. yeah. so much colorism within the black community as mm-hmm. well. They were saying that someone made a comment like your life skin and mm-hmm. that's a good thing right mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same thing in the asian community too mm-hmm. it's better to be light skin and fair yeah, yeah so what what are some of those that you've seen in media yeah as far as um a sort of portrayal uh, of black men generally in media i think there's a actually a long history of that you know current media often has the black guy as strong and like mm-hmm. sort of very uh sexually forward very aggressive i find that people sort of expect that from me and then, yeah, if you go back to in the early 1900s with all these films where you would have the Sambo character, like just the big brute, which like lots of physical strength, and, but no sort of mental acumen. I feel mm. like like that's kind of just the stereotypical black mm-hmm. man. It's been, you know, side, sort of refined for the modern age. But yeah, it's really hard to find black men in media engaging in romance the same way you would see a white man doing mm. like i just uh saw the movie last week if beale street could talk and yeah. it's just like a very romantic movie about two black people and i realized i hadn't seen like you know long shots of a black mm. woman looking into a black man's eyes like I, I, yeah. I hadn't seen that in sort of media before so it's just white is sort of the default and ideal and they have you know all these rich complex stories and then Whereas, you know, black men and black women are usually, you know, one or two tropes. Yeah, I think of like the basketball diaries yeah. or like yeah, yeah. the Something woman like and the man, like, like basketball is also against yeah. the like, Huh. So how do we, how do we navigate around this? Like, what is something, what have you been thinking about in terms of how you can improve your dating? Because there's nothing, we can't change other people, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. what is it you can change about how you're dating that can make this experience better? Yeah, so I really try to have conversations um, about race with anyone I'm sort of like dating seriously. So especially like when that guy was like, ah, it's not a fetish. Like I I actually made a point to say, no, that like is a fetish and this is yeah. what a fetish is. You know, I can't change people. Like I used to be bitter about all of this, but like that that's not there's productive. no point yeah, yeah there's no yeah so me just like engaging in conversations when someone says something that's slightly off not to make a big deal about it but just say hey by the way like that's not that cool that's a um, really great way yeah. to like approach it too because mm-hmm. i've been in those situations and it hasn't actually even been like myself per se it was like with another white female and she was taught like made a really off-colored comment about like gay men mm-hmm. and like it was like one of those moments that i was like i should say something but mm-hmm. i you didn't know how far you should stay it especially with someone you don't know well Mm -hmm. but i think that really is the only way to like help educate Mm. people and you don't have to do it in like a why would you say that yeah it's like uh hey, like, actually, you know, like, those types of comments, like, aren't mm-hmm. okay anymore. Okay. Yeah, no, um, so this isn't the context of another gay man, but it was actually one of my co-workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were at, like, a, a work retreat, and I don't remember how the conversation started, but she, she was describing her ideal man, and one of the characteristics was white. And I kind of winced a little bit, and she's like, what, wait, what, what? And I was like, well, you know, you're kind of feeding into white supremacy when you right. say that. And, she, and then we had, you know, uh, not too long of a conversation, but, like, a conversation. She was 
very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But, but I think that's, you know, she'll think about it next time she yeah. starts listing all those characteristics. She might, you know, think twice about saying white. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, I, it's yeah. one of those things because I know it's like it's been a debate. It's like, oh, like if I say this point of view, like, mm-hmm. are they even going to like listen? Because mm-hmm. they obviously think about it. I think this one, the one she said, I think that actually probably would stick because it was mm-hmm. like it felt like it was very subconscious that yeah, she was yeah. even yeah, saying yeah, it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I think like like the example I gave, like that girl was blatantly saying something offensive. Yeah. That's what's like conflicted with me. I'm like, is it even worth my time saying something? Mm-hmm. Is like if some can I change someone's opinion? But I think yeah. in retrospect, if this was to happen again, I would absolutely say something mm-hmm. because it's like that is the only thing you can do. Yeah. I feel like people are confused because mm-hmm. there is a level of sensitivity that keeps increasing mm-hmm. with everything we're saying now. I mean, I basically like I feel like I can't say anything anymore yeah. without yeah. offending someone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was like that big debate back a couple years ago where at like restaurants, if they were ident- identifying tables mm-hmm. and they would say, oh, that's a table with the black people, that's mm-hmm. a table with the Asians. Mm-hmm. And this was exposed and yeah. all of a sudden Ooh. that wasn't okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. But then at the same time, isn't it easier to identify people yeah. when you're running a business? You're just like need mm-hmm. a quick mm-hmm. identifier. Isn't it easier to just identify people by race? But when you're expressing preferences, why is it offensive to say my preference is a certain race? Not only are you offending all the people who aren't that race, but mm-hmm. you're also offending all the people who are in yeah. that yeah. race <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you're putting them all in one category. Yeah. So it's kind of like that generalization and stereotyping that's yeah. offensive. So it's like, where do you draw the line, right? Yeah. So to you, Chris, where do you draw the line? Where do you say, ah, it's okay that they put that on in their profile or mm. eh, that's where I draw the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The line is always fuzzy and I yeah. feel like it is moving sort of every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as it comes to dating and preferences, how I approach sort of my profiles and everything and how I would love for everyone else to do is talk about personal characteristics that are yeah. not attached to any sort of marginalized group. So like, you know, I like guys who are athletic and funny. Like that's all great. Once you start saying and white, like that's, right. <laughs> yeah. And I like to sort of differentiate between sort of like personal racism and, and systemic racism. And a lot mm. of people will just say an offhand comment like that and say, like, I didn't mean anything by it. But that also feeds into this larger system. That's what I have the issue with. And that's why we all have to change our behavior one by one. I just feel it. like but, our grandkids yeah. who are going to be listening to this episode like 20, 30 years or from now, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, what the heck? Because by then <laughs> yeah. everyone's mixed. Yeah, There's exactly. Like, everyone's like, we're like all the same color. Yeah. yeah. You know, a little bit tan, yeah. a little Which bit is brown. Amazing. And it's yeah. just nobody's gonna be talking about racing more. I can't but I wait will for us to say, get to that day. as far as we still need to go, which we definitely do if you're getting comments yeah. like this, like yeah. clearly we're not That's there yet. Insane. But I will say, if we look at like our parents' generation, it was yeah. like so way much worse. worse. Like people just weren't even conversing. Like my parents, like I was raised Jewish, like they only would date or socialize or talk to other Jews. Yeah. Like, it's come a long way. Like the fact that there is interracial dating, the fact that we are having open conversations actually is a lot more than where we were. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, we've made progress. We can still keep making progress. And the only way to do that is to call people out, yeah. right? I think the people who are open to change are open to these comments as well or feedback. Let's just, feedback is <laughs> right. a good word. Mm-hmm. Giving you some feedback. Yeah. Also, if they don't react, if they do fight you or like they're like, no, I am right. Like that mm-hmm. is their opinion. But I think what you said like hopefully later on Mm -hmm. as they're talking again or Mm -hmm. like they're thinking it over later on in the day it will like remember okay like let me at least give this some thought and 
should this be my thought pattern or not? Absolutely. So what are you looking for, Chris? It's time to take a quick break so we can tell you about our current sponsor, ModCloth. I've been on a shopping spree at ModCloth lately because I'm in full spring mode. Recently, I just got the Sincerely Yours V-neck blouse in a gorgeous yellow color. It drapes so nicely and I get so many compliments on it. At ModCloth, there's no such thing as an ordinary outfit. Crafted by a team of in-house designers, ModCloth's signature styles include hand-drawn prints, standout silhouettes, an inclusive size range that celebrates all women with their sizes ranging from double zero to size 28. Got a question about fit? Their team of mod stylists can hook you up with complimentary sizing and styling help. So what are you waiting for? Hit the site and discover something that's uniquely you. Special for Dateable listeners, get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more. Just go to modcloth.com, that's spelled M-O-D-C-L-O-T-H.com and enter the code DATEABLE at checkout. This offer is valid for one-time use only and expires August 3rd. So get on in now. Again, go to mothcloth.com and enter the code DATEABLE, D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E, at checkout to get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more. And now, back to the show. So what are you looking for, Chris? Are you looking for a long-term serious relationship, monogamy? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, uh, like, <laughs> Some grinder yeah. action. <laughs> yeah, sort of, um, you know, initially I was looking for sort of a long-term relationship. I was approaching every interaction like a potential long relationship that wasn't working out. <laughs> um, so naive. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I more have the opinion now of just like interacting with people and seeing where they're at and what they want and just being open open to a whole sort of range of things as a single person you know every once in a while I go on grinder for a hookup because you know <laughs> that's, that's what you, yeah, you got you know, you exactly yeah um and then you know I'll go on like dates with other people that you know maybe it looks like a more long-term thing that may or may not work out yeah so I'm I'm looking for a range of things depending on you know where the other person is so you're pretty open to yes. whatever yeah. you're mm-hmm. looking for a connection of some sort exactly yeah so what are some of the struggles you have now where are you finding people to date? Yeah, I'm I'm mostly like again using the apps just because I feel like that's the that's the easiest way to meet people nowadays. Mm-hmm. There's such a con- mm-hmm. like a small amount of people that we actually meet in our everyday lives. Yeah, as far as trouble, um I don't think I get that many matches on like dating apps. I mm. do use stuff other than Grindr. <laughs> so like I'm on uh, Tinder and OkCupid and, and, and things like that. For a while, OkCupid was doing all this really cool research yeah. where they looked at like, yeah. response rates of peoples of different races. And of course, you know, black men got yeah. more responses than, than white men. That's and, interesting yeah. though. Because so. I think like I know we spoke with the two black women that were on the show before. Mm-hmm. And like it is a known fact that black women are at the same level as Asian men when it comes mm. to dating mm. apps, right? Like, what is it, like, least response rate? But yeah. I think yeah. at least my perception of Black men was not the same. Yeah. Because I think there's something in society that's almost, like, elevated Black men. Like, some mm. of the stereotypes you were talking about before, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. the strong, like, once good-looking. Once you go Black. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Once you go Black, you never go back <laughs> stereotypes. Like, there's a lot of, like, this, like, good-looking stereotype, yeah. right? Yeah. So, but it's also a fetish right it's yeah a, it's a fetishization and then also like i don't like i don't describe to that i'm not super aggressive i'm like you know i go to the gym but just for like looks like okay. I'm, I'm, yeah i'm not particularly so yeah. saying because like because of this stereotype where like like white people for example don't have like they don't have like one stereotype exactly. as much yeah, yeah. you're saying basically because you don't fit this stereotype that's yeah. on movies and <laughs> yeah, yeah. tv shows yeah. then you're not seeing like that response rate yeah i had a i had a first date where um 
um, the white guy, like, you know, we matched, we talked on Tinder, we met up. Um, and he's like, yeah, you were a little more whitewashed than I, you know, would have thought. And I was like, uh, which I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, fitting those stereotypes. And I, I don't really pretend to, but I think, you know, they look yeah. at my picture, like if I have like a shirtless pic or something and they expect. They want <laughs> like know, a something. caricature. Exactly. Which yeah. is so and I'm not, interesting it's though. So because white people, like if you look at like celebrities, like white celebrities, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like Brad Pitt, Matthew McConaughey, no white guys actually look like them either. Oh, yeah. hell no. Yeah, For exactly. whatever reason, <laughs> they're not like, oh, you didn't fit my like yeah. thought. Pro- like why is you it different? Like Chris Hemsworth, but right. right. Like, why is yeah. it different for black men? Because over... it's still the majority. You're still surrounded by white people all mm-hmm. the time, so you know there's various shapes and sizes of white people. And in media too, they they portray all those various shapes and the... sizes. And then absolutely, as far as with minorities, there's these certain tropes. And we we are getting you know further past that. Yeah. There are a lot. Of, we're making progress, but I think still generally, like white people are allowed to have like unique interests and, and likes and everything, and black people are you use their color. As, right. as the main characteristic. They, use ba- like, they yeah. like basketball and hip-hop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love hip-hop. I do not like basketball. <laughs> what about your own community? Like black gay men. Mm, Let's start yeah, there. Yeah. Is there any pushback or any challenges you face as well that's kind of beyond this whole dating thing. Yeah, yeah. So there's definitely, um, black gay men are such a small group that a lot of those intergroup dynamics, I feel like just as a factor of like, we have to like travel pretty far to find each other. Um, <laughs> but um, for like us, Pokemon. Yeah, yeah exactly. Found Pokemon one. Go. Yeah, found <laughs> um, yeah, but as far, as far as like other um, gay black men, there's a certain uh, school of thought that actually because of all these sort of uh, reasons that we should not be dating white men. Same gender loving men is sort of a, a term they don't even want to use the term gay because the gay the word gay has gotten too just like associated with a certain white um oh, uh, heter- like like stereotype so yeah there there's a group of people who like you know i'll go on a date with a, a white guy and then they're like why are you going on dates with white guys like mm-hmm. you, uh, did, do you hate yourself and like so yeah there's there's some of that and then also think there are a lot of sort of people like me who are just like we're rare we just you know find love <laughs> where we can find it yeah yeah but yeah, I, I definitely do get uh, some pushback. So I was talking to um, some of my really good gay friends in New York about, about this topic, about race. Mm-hmm. And they said this observation to me, and I haven't validated it yet, but they said, you see less interracial gay couples than you do sing- or straight couples. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. lot less intermixing of races. Yeah, I don't have any statistics, but I would, I would definitely agree with that sort of characterization. Even though you said earlier that it's kind of like because you're already in a, like a smaller group, Group, mm-hmm. you're gonna like expand as many yeah, people yeah, as you, you can. think you want to explore more yeah yeah well i guess when you're white you just sort of have the most options and that's sort of what you go for like when people say interracial in the gay community oftentimes they're saying white with a person of color oh, yeah <laughs> that's what yeah yeah uh-huh. so like you know um a latino man and a black man like some people won't even like that won't even register as an interracial relationship that's, you know what yeah. that's true <laughs> yeah. if you think about it, the baseline <laughs> is white mixed with yeah. It really is. Right. Yeah. Is... No, but if it was like Asian and black, you would think interracial. But I don't know if that's the first thing you, that's yeah, the you first label of, yeah, you yeah, go yeah, to. Yeah. You just be like Blasian. Yeah. That's interracial, but you just like have mm-hmm. another word for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. There is no other word for <laughs> white mix. <sighs> Should we make one? <laughs> 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 just rolls yeah. off the Blasia tongue so well. so good. Yeah. White, white just doesn't do it. Mm, <laughs> the yeah. whack couple. Yeah. 
There we go. We got okay, one. Okay. Wait, what? Oh, whack. Yeah. That works. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen a whack couple so in a while. many things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the topic of race is always just so interesting because there's always the external factors, but mm-hmm. then there's all these internal factors, like what you struggle with in terms of identity, preference, yeah. mm-hmm. something that like I can definitely feel as well. I mean, e- even in like the Chinese female community, you have like different groups you have like the girls who only date white guys Mm -hmm. right and then you have the group that only dates asian guys and Mm -hmm. then you have the group that's like looks down on both groups (laughs) (laughs) so there's just like so much judgment from Mm -hmm. our own people as well it's weird that it translates into dating so much like dating is about finding love it should be happy it should be like positive why are we putting so much like discrimination and negativity to it no i think attraction is just one of those it's a topic that's so hairy and and sort yeah. of like something that no one like ever interrogates. I don't want to uh, put out the idea that people are are intentionally being racist. Right. I think they're just like not thinking about their sort of natural predilections that right. have been influenced by the society. Right. Right. It's not like it's the same situation, but if like women, for example, are like, I only like six foot tall guys yeah. in the five and under, like that mm-hmm. is discriminatory yeah, to yeah. those men. It's just not no. race, but it's still like unfair because it's something they can't change like your race, right? <laughs> But what about also just men who are bisexual and say, Mm -hmm. my preference is men. I date both, but my preference is men. Can you really argue that? No. You can't. (laughs) And that's a lot of people. And that that actually, out of like all those examples, is probably the one that you can least argue. Right? Like height, you could be like, really? But nobody's mad about that. Nobody's mad about gender. Yeah. I feel like uh, gender has been put into a different silo. Attraction to a certain gender seems more innate to people seems right. more sort of yeah people joke all the time it's like gay men are sexist because they don't like women and like <laughs> I, I guess like, <laughs> but and it's not personal I think that's what it is because like mm. if you like talk about like height or like mm. race that's like a characteristic about you yeah, yeah where like I mean yes gender is too but it's like so broad that it's mm. not like or mm. a sexual preference isn't really you that's mm. their preference but I guess you could argue that it could be their get, preference I mean, with as well yeah, yeah. Like only pansexuals are, are, are like you know the good ones here <laughs> all the rest of us discriminate so I guess everyone <laughs> yeah. discriminates in some way yeah. but some are more socially acceptable than others I mean, isn't that the truth though let's just be honest that's here, the right? truth yeah, that's we the... all have these yeah. discriminations that are innate mm-hmm. in us yeah. some of us have to unlearn them or try to figure out a way to get past them mm-hmm. yep. but it stems from our childhood it stems yep. from the media it stems from what we've been taught I mm-hmm. think some of it too isn't just necessarily what you feel but like like I was talking about earlier like our parents generation was way more close-minded than us like Mm -hmm. I think there's some of that that seeped in it's like from an early age this is who you should be with or like this is what a couple looks like Mm, or like all of that that's Mm. like kind of taught to you subconsciously so it may not be that like oh I'm actually not attracted to Indian men or Asian men it just might be like I've kind of like brainwashed that like that isn't who I'm attracted Mm. to I'm not saying me personally. That's <laughs> right, right. Hypothetically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, so yeah, um, I was raised in a, like, I'm a first generation American. So I was uh, raised in a Caribbean immigrant household. Mm-hmm. And there were certain religion, uh, Seventh-day Adventism. And I was always told, you need to date 
date someone from the Caribbean in that religion because, oh, other cultures, like, ooh, a cultural problems, you know, mixed. Yep. Well, it was never sort of, you know, said as a malicious thing, but they're like, no, you really need to. Mm-hmm. But I don't follow any of their advice, obviously. <laughs> they they <didn't laughs> obviously. say women, too. So. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, that nope. was always, but that was always sort of a expectation. Well, right. I think that's yeah. why our, the next generation actually has a fighting chance. Yeah. Because our yeah. generation actually sees why that was like not okay. Yeah. But yeah. that next generation is fucked because of paradox of choice. They're just yeah. going to be attracted to so many different people. That's true. They have like no idea what the preferences are <laughs> yeah. anymore. Yeah. It's just a buffet of people. <laughs> Men, women, everything. whatever. Yeah. 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 Whatever. It seems like a good problem to have. It's a good problem <laughs> <Yeah>. to have. <laughs> So let's talk about some takeaways yeah, yeah, from this conversation. Man, these conversations, I feel like they could go on forever. Because yeah. we can talk about race, gender, <laughs> all of this forever. Thorny issues. Yeah. So many, so many. But I guess like one of my biggest takeaways, again, is when you think about your own personal preference when it comes to dating, put them in two different categories. One is like the superficial characteristics. Right. And two is the emotional characteristics, how you want someone to make you feel. And when you start looking for a partner for your lifetime or even for tonight think about like what are the characteristics which which bucket do I want to pull from if it's just purely for a one night stand all right, fine. Go from your superficial bucket, right? You're never going to see this fool again. Why not? But if you're looking for something serious, and this is where people blur the two, is when they're looking for something serious, they start with the superficial characteristics, mm. thinking that the emotional characteristics will follow. Yep. It doesn't work that way. You have to start from the emotional bucket, and then you become attracted to certain characteristics. I yeah. always say we have a type because we've only dated certain people. So right. that's like what you know. Exactly. But what about all the characteristics? you haven't dated you like you have no idea if you like someone who's like five two right Right. and you don't know right because you haven't dated that person i think my takeaway is like everyone at the end of the day is a human being like i think anytime we try to put a blanket over someone like one it's just not like a socially great thing to do right but Mm. then also it's kind of like you almost feel like you like know who this person is before you actually meet them Mm -hmm. that person isn't who this person has visualized from media or from whatever stereotype they have, then it falls short. Even if it's not race, that's like not a really great way to go into dating to have a feeling about someone that really has no basis because you've never met the person. Exactly. You know, the other takeaway I have is I love hearing stories from other groups that I don't identify with because now I'm starting to see that Everyone has very similar struggles. Before talking to you, I would have thought gay black men had it pretty good. Same. That yeah. would have been yeah. what I assumed, right? Yeah. <laughs> like that's what the perception right. I have. Like there's already like this elevated idea of a black man. And then you have all <laughs> of these men <laughs> who want you. I, I just thought you would have it pretty good. And so I'm not saying it's great to hear these struggles, yeah. Chris, but it's also, it is good because now we can start. It's not so much about like, oh, I can be in your shoes, but it's about empathy. I can I can feel empathy for other people's struggles. And I think sometimes too, it's like I think part of it is like there is that like BBC reference, right? Like it's out there. (laughs) (laughs) But you would think like a guy that isn't big, right, would be like, oh, that's a compliment. Like, why are they like upset? Why are people Mm -hmm. upset about that? But then at the end of the day, I think it comes down to like anytime you are called out for a characteristic that again may or may not be true. Right. 
you based on like a stereotype like that doesn't sit well and especially if that's the only reason it feels like someone is talking to you yeah if it's not based on your personality or your own unique characteristics it's just purely based on your skin color alone that's just not a good way of complimenting someone right Right. we talked about this on the other episode too if someone comes up to you and says well what did did that guy say i can't even come made a chalk oh i can't even come without a black guy in the room that is not a compliment (laughs) yeah nope the black man in the room could have one eye and like (laughs) and like seven toes (laughs) you're putting me in the same category as him right and i think it's like even like the greek goddess goddess one it's like a greek god (laughs) i could be a goddess it's like it should be a compliment but because you're like calling out the race Mm. it like just doesn't sit well exactly i still remember uh i had one night stand with someone in new york and the next day he texted and said i can't stop thinking about your beautiful chinese pussy and i was like (laughs) holy shit i'm gonna cut off your Uh, wiener i thought that was like the most romantic thing he could say to me right you could say anything else anything anything Uh yeah and when i say one night stand because i made it a one night stand (laughs) that motherfucker was never gonna see me again not good not good any other thoughts for us chris any other like takeaways yeah, I takeaways. I think you guys summed it up uh, pretty well. And I would just say both on my end and on other people's ends, I wish um, as as people dating, we just treat each other as individuals yep. and not members of groups. Yep. The only way to do that is to continue to have open conversations. I think for years, like in our yeah. parents' generation, and even like as of not that long ago, like mm-hmm. people just didn't want to state the obvious. Yeah. Like they didn't want to like bring it up. And it's like, okay, like if there's an elephant in the room, like, <laughs> you gotta just address it. Like, you can't just, yeah. like, pretend it doesn't exist. That's, like, worse in a way. Yeah. If I say something offensive, for example, if I say something offensive on this podcast, I would love it if someone wrote to me and said, UA, you said this. It was offensive because of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to hear the explanation. I'm great with criticism and feedback as long as I know where it comes from. Anybody can be ignorant. We just need to know the basis of it. And then we know to change our behavior. It's only when we call out people for saying something offensive by getting mad at them, Mm -hmm. by calling them names or showing our anger. It does. It's counterproductive. Right. So we just have to explain why certain things are offensive. I don't remember actually who coined this term, but um, I actually like it. Instead of calling people out, you should be calling people in. Oh, that's a great way to put it. You should really, you know, say that was wrong and this is why and this is like you know not have it as an attack on that other person not yep. just calling them out but calling them into a discussion with you so you both can learn and, and in a way you're pu- pulling them into a circle mm-hmm. of trust here yeah. like I'm gonna give you some knowledge now you're part of this circle that yeah. knows this knowledge I right. like that calling and that's in. again opening the conversation up really the only way if you just yell at them then that's it not opening a conversation it doesn't yeah. work but Chris have you thought about like being a little open to your preferences Yes. Okay. I'll definitely, I'm, I'll definitely make more of an effort. Okay. To, to spread a wide net. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of a wide net, our wide net of listeners. <laughs> if you'd like to meet Chris, we would love to introduce you. Yeah. Let's just say he has no preferences at this point, right? Let's yeah. just keep it super open. Yeah. Maybe you'll be a blind date. Wouldn't that be fun? Sure. <laughs> Maybe you'll be a blind date. Maybe we'll think of something fun for you guys to do. If you want to be set up, let us know and maybe you two come back on our show and uh yeah give us a little like lowdown in a state lowdown if you are a straight black man have a 
different opinion or kind of just story that you would like to share, please reach out or any other races we have not talked to yet. We definitely want to keep this conversation going. I know we've just hit the surface. I think Yulitsa wrote to us on Twitter being like, hey, we need to talk about black women. Mm -hmm. So we did it. And now if there's (laughs) other races that want to be heard and want to talk, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, email, whatever. And when we say other races, we also mean white people. Yeah. I want to to hear from a white person who has been fetishized. I want to know what that experience feels like. We want to hear from you guys too. We don't want to single anybody out either. So, okay. If you would like to be a guest on our show, we are still booking guests for future seasons. So just... uh, uh, reach out to us at datablepodcast.com. Or a white guy that's been discriminated. Oh. Especially now. <laughs> white Ooh. men are definitely yeah. in yeah. a place at the moment. <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. Okay. Yeah. Any of that. We love to hear from you. Okay. Let's wrap this up. Stay dateable. Your action item for this week is to confront the conversations where you feel offended, hurt, or uneasy. Instead of calling people out, take Chris's advice and call them in. Speak from your point of view of why what is being said offends you. Don't be afraid to challenge the conversation in a way that is inclusive and educational. Want to continue the conversation? First, tag us in any post with hashtag StayDateable. Then head on over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching services with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. To connect with us, find Datable Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're also downloadable on Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable.